How do you know this? That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Truth is, <laughs> I am Iron Man. Rose? Well, we're going, we don't need Rose. When people ask you what happened here, tell them the North remembers. And here we go. Welcome to None of the Movie Pod. I'm Zach Williamson with Ross Cutsforth and Lou Goosens. And today, we're discussing some Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, and Marvel news before we review IT Chapter 2. Okay, so let's just run through some of these topics then. Cool. Okay, so Will Poulter, that's how you say his name, right? Poulter? Yeah, Will Poulter. So Will Poulter will star in Amazon's Lord of the Rings prequel. So this is the first relevant name attached as far as acting-wise. Do you guys think he's going to be... Dude looks so much like fucking uh, the guy that plays Elrond. What's his name? Uh, Hugo Weaving. Yeah, Hugo Weaving. Yeah. He looks so much like, like his eyebrows are the exact same. How are they like? Young Elrond? And, yeah, young Elrond, man. I honestly was going to say he doesn't seem like he could be an elf, but maybe. He looks like he'd be elf. He's got that elfy look. He's got that. Really? Uh, I feel like he'd be human. human. Yeah. You don't think he's slender enough or what? I don't know. I just, <laughs> I don't know, dude. He definitely has the same eyebrows. The eye structure is very similar to Hugo Weaving. Mm-hmm. Ross, what if he's playing Elros or Elros? Elros. I don't know who Elro- Elros is. Elrond's brother. Dude, I don't even know about this guy. He's the guy that he was an elf and then he becomes a human, right? And then he would be related to Aragorn because he's the one who's given Numenor. Oh, fuck. Okay, so he's uh, Isildur's... Is it like Isildur's dad? I don't know. This dude would be what? 6,000 years old? I have no clue. Yeah. Because the Numenorean, they're the race that is like half elf, half, half human, which is what Aragon is. He's a descendant of the Numenorean, which is... And then Isildur is Aragon's ancestor. So... Isildur? Yeah, Isildur, you know. The guy that... He chops off Sauron, the ring off of Sauron's hand. Isildur? No, yeah, no, Isildur. you just say it really weird. Wait, what did I say? How did I say it? Isildur. Isildur. Isn't that Isildur? Isildur. Yeah. Maybe, so, yeah. I said it weird. Okay, Fuck so we're talking bad. about the same dude then, Ross, because Elrose, he's the one who's the first of that. He's the one who was an elf, and then he, to agree to get this land, they made him a human, but he lived longer. Yeah, he's like a a superior human almost, kind of. Yeah, he lived to be like 500 years old. Yeah. I mean, Aragorn is, what, 80-something during the events right? of Lord, Lord of the Rings? Yeah, 83. And he's still considered young. Yeah, he's a young boy. He looks 40. Yeah. Or 30. 30-something. So that's my theory, maybe. Because I think we're going to see how Numenor was created. That feels like a... It feels like you'd have to show how that shit was created if you're going to show how it gets destroyed. Yeah. Right? Doesn't that kind of make sense? That makes sense. Otherwise, yeah. you don't really have any like stakes for it, you know? Yeah. It wouldn't really matter to you if it gets destroyed. And they've been teasing it on those maps that they're tweeting out that Numenor is there. So it has to be there before the whole world shifts from what it was flat and then it turns into a sphere. Yeah. It starts off as not really a, a flat land, but a hemisphere. So it's kind of like a snow globe is what it starts off like. It starts off as a sphere? No, a hemisphere. So it's like all the land is in the base of the hemisphere and then 
like the heavens are basically outside of the circumference of this. I heard snow globe and I was like, that's kind of sphere, sphere That's to me. Yeah, I guess the snow globe is spherical, but has you seen us? Have you seen a snow globe before? A half snow globe. A snow dude, I thought a snow globe is just like fucking a half circle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Like a, a sphere cut in half. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I get what you're saying now. I got you. Yeah. So it changes, but I think it what makes this happen is Numenor with the events that happened during that. Yeah. With Sarah. Because he tries to take it over. Where are they tweeting this out? What is their, or is this a tweet or is this on Instagram? It's at, here, let me look it up real quick. L O T R on Amazon. On Twitter? Yeah. They tweet out the maps and stuff. At L O T R on on Prime. On Prime, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a really big name. Or you, or you can follow at Hobbit Facts and we'll just fucking, we got you on that news anyway, too. Uh, L-O-T-R Amazon. Yeah, Prime. Prime, 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 Prime. At L-O-T-R on Prime. That's the handle. Oh. And look, even in their fucking header, they have Numenor, the island. Oh, yeah, 100%. That's definitely got to be a big part of it. It has to be. That's how I, like... Oh, that's going to be a massive part of it, yeah. And it's literally in words on their header, dude. (laughs) 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 <laughs> and if I really look close at the cities, that's a whole other thing that I have to look into. But oh yeah, dude. Uh, so Numenor is going to be a factor. We don't, like, even though the 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 Second Age is what? How many years, Ross? Like three thousand six hundred massive. Um, yeah, I think it might be a little more than that. I'm not sure exactly, but yeah, it's it's massive. And then when Numenor gets destroyed, it's that's not even. That's somewhere in the middle of the second age. Well, more in the second half of the second age. But there's still a lot of things that happen even after that. Oh, yeah. They've been posting some cool vids. They showed a ton of the people behind the scenes who are involved with this. And I was watching this video and then I started looking into these people who were attached. And that's how I found the interview where the lore master was telling, got, gave even more details that we talked about on an earlier pod. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited, though. Should we talk about this Obi-Wan series, baby? Anything else on Lord of the Rings? Are we good? I'm good, good on Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Expecting more casting soon. I feel like if that's coming out, that you're one of your main leads is filled, whatever the role is, then more more actors are gonna start coming out. Yeah. Everyone's probably everyone's trying to jump on this project too. Big project. They're opening the floodgates. Yeah. Okay, so next next story. So the Obi-Wan series for Disney Plus, it officially StarWars.com, they put out a video and said it's going to be eight years after Revenge of the Sith. We talked about this on our previous pod, but he has some adventures in those years in between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. And in one of those years, he saves Luke from a bunch of Jabba thugs because he was trying to steal something back to help the farmers. So, and that was eight years after Revenge of the Sith also. Or Luke was eight when it so, happened. Yeah. Deuce, like eight and a half or something. Dude, he has to be real, or eight, yeah. really young. Yeah, it's a young Luke, but that's what kind of helps inspire Obi-Wan because then he sees that this guy's trying to help people and he's been kind of worried about the, him going on a dark path, dark path because he's kind of, uh, he kind of shows some of Anakin's traits too in that aspect, like being mechanical and competitive. Yeah. And mm. can get angry. He gets angry at his uncle and aunt too. Yeah. He does. 
but I wanted to go to the Taji station to pick up some power converters. Yeah, but even like a young Luke. But I'm talking, okay, that's not even Matt. He's just like bummed. Young Luke. <laughs> I say <Yeah>. Luke. <laughs> I mean, he's just a teenager. I mean, not in that age, but I'm just saying. In New, in New Hope. Yeah, in New Hope, he's only 19. Yeah. He's a kid. And he doesn't get trained in the fort. They're supposed to be trained from when they're like five or six to harness the force. So he's way late. But Obi-Wan says fuck it and he does it anyways. So good on Obi-Wan, honestly. He's doing uh he's doing God's work out here. Wait, what you talking about? Sorry. I was trying to figure out what the fuck he why he got in trouble with the Luke's thugs or with the Jabba's thugs. But I'd have to do some real wiki reading. Oh, Jabba thugs? I was just talking about Luke acting like a teenager, basically. Oh yeah, and a new hope. Yeah, yeah. He's just being a why not? He's also 19. If he wants to go do something, he should be allowed to do those kind of things. So if he wants to go smoke drugs, he should just be allowed to do it, huh? Well, he was trying to join the rebellion or something, right? <laughs> All right, dude, whatever, man. <laughs> Maybe his uncle was thinking, hey, I don't want my nephew to die in a war. Yeah, yeah. he pretty much views as his son. Yeah, pretty much. Especially when they're not involved in it. Yeah. He was just thinking, I want, I want him to live a simple life where he's not going to die in a war. And he just gets to farm with me. He's yeah. Just, but eventually the war is going to come to them though. So Not really. Well. It says Luke Skywalker. Um, so Jabba's thugs were extorting the Lars family. And so Luke was trying to go get their money back or something. Steal their money back that they took. Hmm. I mean, Uncle Owen and his aunt. I don't remember his aunt's name. But they did die horrifically. So remember when Luke went to Ben Kenobi's? And then when they came back, they were all... Like they were burnt to a crisp. Yeah, they got fucked. Yeah, but that's just because they were trying to find Luke. And ben, well, yeah, yeah. Right. But why would you? Why do you kill someone on top of everything? That's just because the motherfucking is empire, dude. And it's like, it's the yeah. rim, the outer rim, dude. Like no one's gonna give a French fuck about that. That's what I'm saying, though. The war is eventually gonna come to them, which it did. Yeah. It I did. mean, it wasn't like a war though. They were just looking. They were just looking for people. You know. The violence from the war. Eventually, though. the empire was going to be like, we need to... It wasn't like widespread violence. It was just concentrated because they were looking for one person. You know, they didn't like invade the planet and just start fucking raping and pillaging. That's true. Because they never really give a fuck about the outer rim planets anyway. They kind of just let them do their own shit. Yeah. But in Moss Eisley, there were stormtrooper guards and shit like that. But you're right. It was definitely more loosely regulated in the outer rim. Yeah. It's because they just they have other shit they got to deal with before they lock down those planets that are super far out there. You know what I mean? It's only been yeah. 30 years. And so you still have planets in the closer to the middle to whatever it's called, uh, Coruscant. Coruscant, yeah. More other threats you got to deal with in lockdown before you worry about expanding to the outer rim. Because in Coruscant, the Emperor had a lot of work to do just spreading propaganda and trying to make sure that everyone on the Coruscant thought that Obi-Wan and Yoda were the ones that caused all this like havoc that came from yeah. Order 66 and oh, that Emperor yeah. Palpatine was the good guy. And then slowly, after he got all the people behind him, he slowly turned to more of a dictator rule. Mm. Yeah, 100%. So he had, yeah, he had a lot to deal with on Coruscant, the inner planets and the inner system. It turned into an empire immediately, right? But it was because of that reasoning. It says we need to give him more power because this is happening to him. Yeah, pretty much. 
it didn't it didn't even gain it didn't gain the name of an empire till later, but it slowly transitioned to that. But it was pretty much an empire right immediately after Order sixty six, in my opinion. <laughs> Us. <laughs> this is a stupid question. I was going to say, is Coruscant called Coruscant because it's in like the core of the solar system? Oh, I have no idea. I don't even think it's at the core, all the way in the middle of the core. Yeah, it's in like, it's in the middle. Kind it's of. like one of the first planets though, right? No. It's near, it's it's relatively in the middle, but I don't think it's like the exact middle of, of the galaxy or whatever. Yeah. The very middle of the galaxy. I just actually looked this up the other day. Yeah, I guess it's a galaxy, not a fucking yeah. solar system. The very middle of the galaxy, the I think the closest solar system to the middle is Bis, which actually after Return of the Jedi is where in in legacy anyways, is where the Emperor creates clones and that's where he starts his new empire is on Bis. And it's this huge city planet kind of like Coruscant. It is in the core, though. It's in the core, but it's that's like a section because there's like the core, there's inner rim, there's the outer rim, unknown regions. The mid rim was another one. There's some yeah. others too. Coruscant is in the inner mid rim, I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly. Yeah. You guys have casting ideas for young Luke, though? I was thinking that kid from Good Boys, Jacob Tremblay. Tremblay. Jacob Tremblay. I haven't seen that yet. It's good. Look him up. I haven't seen the movie. Mm. He was in the room with Brie Larson. Yeah, this is probably like the only fucking... (laughs) 10-year-old you can think of, dude. Dude, how many 10-year-old actors do you know? Barely any. How old are all the Stranger Things kids or the It kids? They're all way older than fucking 10 years old. Yeah, they've all started hitting growth spurts and shit. True, they're probably almost... Teens now, fucking, yeah, they they ain't gonna be cast that. Like, you gotta find like fucking Mason Ramsey or something, maybe <laughs> some Disney, some Disney kids. I don't yeah. know who. It'd have to be some no name kid for sure. Yeah, that could be interesting though. This is also probably around the time when he fought that Wookiee bounty hunter. Oh, who Obi Wan or Ben Kenobi? Yeah, Ben Kenobi. At that point, yeah, it's badass. Oh, no, this is 100% the time that he fights the black... Is it a black Wookiee? The Wookiee bounty. It's black croissantin or something like that. Black croissant? Black croissant. <laughs> yeah, black croissant. That's it. We're just going to call him that because I don't know how to pronounce that <laughs> shit. <laughs> All right, are you just going to tease a fucking Wookiee bounty hunter battle or are you going to fucking tell us about it? Jesus. That's, he fights... <laughs> okay, so Jabba sends a Wookiee bounty hunter after uh, Luke's uncle... And then Obi-Wan saves him or battles him. That'd be badass. Just having to... Because you can't really block a bowcaster very well with a lightsaber. So you have to kind of... Ask that bitch Kylo about it. Yeah, how the fuck do you fucking... Because it's like six shots coming at you at once. It's like shotgun. Kylo took one, remember? Yeah, straight took to in the, the chest. torso. Torso, yeah. Not yeah. the chest. Fuck. He would have been fucked if he took in the chest. In, in the chest, yeah. He'd be daddy wop, dude. In his defense, too, he got shot with that, and then he had to fight. He had to fight Ray after. So Ray did have that going that he was pretty fucked up from a bowcaster. He's still gonna force push her ass or something. He still should have beat her ass, but yeah, yeah, force choked her to death. Unless she's an Anakin clone, then that's acceptable. Unless your theory is she's gonna be a Luke clone, bro. Luke clone. Okay, that's acceptable too. Why she gotta be a clone? Because she needs that. Skywalker power. 
what she wanted to be. I don't know, dude. Who knows? She can't be his daughter. It wouldn't even make sense if she was Luke's daughter because he would have recognized her. That would have been fucking stupid if he didn't know that. Yeah, but if he, like, gave away his baby at, like, one, well, then he'd know. He'd be like, oh, yeah, you got forced prayer. You're my little babe. What an awful person he'd be. Just giving away your fucking kid. Maybe he was thinking he can't have attachments. Oh, yep. There you go. Good one. Thanks, Ross. Bailed me up. But he does. What do you mean he does? He had his family. Leia? Yeah. Or Han? Well, not on that island. Not on Octo. That was way after. That was after his own uncle, or sorry, his own nephew was the next Sith Lord. Yeah, that's true. She would have been way younger. She would have been 10 years in. Yeah, she's the same age as Kylo. Or no, she's younger than Kylo. He wasn't even a Sith Lord. What the fuck are you Not talking about? Not a Sith about? Lord. You know what I mean? Just sees the darkness in him or whatever. Thinks he has potential to become the next Darth Vader. <laughs> Dark titties. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking, are you talking about <laughs> that picture of Tor- fucking- Yeah. Yeah. Kylo with his shirt off. Yeah. <laughs> Thick Kylo with two C's. <laughs> I should tell Swallow. Swallow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking of. How the fuck we talk about that bitch? He's so soft. He's just very emotional. He's a 31-year-old man. It's okay to be emotional these days, dude. Seriously, it's okay to be emotional. It's fine. But in... It is. It totally is. When you try to run a an empire or a wannabe empire... yeah. But in that world, he's fuck he's fucking shit up, you know. He's taking L's everywhere. Yeah, fucking shit up in a bad way is what I'm saying. Cause he's yeah, he's like 30 in in that world in Star Wars. He's probably gonna be 30, 32, 33 now. It's gonna be a little yeah, time. True. Jump. He's 30 and throwing temper tantrums. Fuck. <laughs> and Ray's like 23 or some shit. Honestly, no lies. Some of my superintendents, their temper tantrums like that. So it's believable. Like whenever something goes south, we have to like redo something. They'll like freak out and yell. And it's like, Jesus Christ, you chill. It's not like you're going to die. Damn, dark side channelers. <laughs> totally, dude. Don't go into construction. <laughs> Ray's like 20 in her early 20s. She was born in 15 ABY. And the Force Awakens is in 28 ABY, right? Isn't it in 28 ABY? Or no, it's in 33. What? 33. So she's 18 in Force Awakens. She's 18 or 19. I think she's 19. I think she's the same age as Luke was. Yeah. Another obvious connection. And so in The Last Jedi, she's like 20, 21, probably. Yeah. Well, no, in The Last Jedi would have been right after. So, But in this one, she'll be 21, 22 maybe. And Kylo's like in his 30s. What the fuck? Still not even like a real anything. Jedi even. Fully realized Sith. He's he's just a late bloomer. True. Yeah. He won't even be a Jedi if he if it was the other set way around. He won't even be a Jedi Knight. Yeah. <laughs> what a poos. All right. Next thing. Yeah. So the next thing was speaking on the last Jedi a little bit. J.J. Abrams says Ryan Johnson didn't quote didn't derail the Star Wars story they had planned for this movie. Thoughts on that? I don't know. Do you think he's telling the truth or I mean, I think whatever your ending was, I think he means, yeah, we could still get to that. But did he really think that that's what he was just going to do with Snoke or some of those decisions that he made? I don't know. Hey, 
Can you go through like the directorial changes that went that went on here? Yeah, so it started with J.J. Abrams. He directed The Force Awakens, and then he didn't direct the next one. And they had Ryan Johnson write and direct The Last Jedi, and then the third one. But J.J. Abrams did produce it, though, or co-produced. J.J. Abrams did produce, and then the third director was supposed to be Colin Trevorrow, who did the Jurassic Park movies, but he disagreed with Ryan Johnson on some stuff, supposedly. So they do it again? Well, I'm sure also the fact that the Jurassic Park movie wasn't well taken for one, and then his next movie completely bombed that was non-related to any of these franchises. But also probably because he didn't want something that Ryan Johnson wanted to do happen. Maybe he wanted Luke in the third one to have that happen in the third film or something. Mm. Interesting. Why did they go from J.J. Abrams to Ryan Johnson? I don't know. Just a creative choice. I think that, yeah, they just wanted, for whatever reason, I think it's a bad idea. And I think they've learned now that's why they're giving Ryan Johnson a whole trilogy. D&D, their whole trilogy. D&D, a whole trilogy. But then there's even the thing, it's like, will D&D actually direct all three of these and write them? Or will they end up being kind of like what they did for Game of Thrones? Like show Start it and then show run it. Yeah. And like that's what they should have let JJ do for these ones. I think if you're gonna start with him and end with him, is that he should be kind of show running the second one, but you can have someone else direct it, or he should have wrote it. But Ryan Johnson yeah. wrote it. Would JJ Abrams have been your ideal pick though for Star Wars? Yeah, for me, like he just rebooted the Star Trek franchise. He's got a lot of good like action movies behind him, but. Like Mission Impossible, but those are like more like actiony flicks. They're not like masterpieces like Star Wars. Oh, yeah, I liked a lot of stuff that JJ's done, so I wasn't. I was okay with it. I don't know who I'd want to say Cloverfield and then Star Trek and Star Trek Into Darkness. I thought those were all really good movies because he re- rebooted those first two Star Trek movies, and they were really good. I enjoyed them, so I was thinking, yeah, this is a really good logical choice for rebooting the Star Wars franchise into a new trilogy. But then they switched over to Ryan Johnson. That confused me. I think that one thing that JJ maybe did that he didn't do with the Star Trek one is that I think he played it more safe with Star Wars. Yeah. That could have been because of the Disney label too, though. So, What do you mean by that? Played it safe? Well, the whole Star Trek thing, he kind of crossed him over, but he it felt like a different direction. It just felt way more like an action movie than what's Star Trek really is. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's action. He's action. Yeah. Yeah. Star Trek traditionally is more like a philosophical. It just asks a lot of philosophical questions. Yeah. Like that old school shit. Yeah. They, yeah. And they had like the first, like, uh, what do you call it? Multicultural kiss, like cross cultural, right? Didn't they? I don't know. That might be right. Yeah. Like Star Trek was like really pushing the barrier on a lot of things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Well, who would you want? Is the thing is even with Ryan Johnson, when they offered it to him, I was like, okay, he did Looper. I really liked Looper. He wrote he wrote and directed some of the best breaking bad episodes ever. This guy's a good director. Oh, really? I didn't know yeah. that. Ryan Johnson's a good director. Yeah, Looper's great. Looper's amazing. I love he wrote Looper. It. I mean, if ideally if I could pick anyone, it would definitely be Christopher Nolan, but yeah. I mean, That'd be hard, though. I don't know if you'd yeah. want... Who knows? I don't know if he's a fan of Star Wars. I feel like he'd want, like, creative license on the shit. He doesn't want to be bound in by, like, the whole 
Skywalker saga and like he has to yeah. you know play by play by rules that he didn't create. I just don't think he likes being ordered around by a parenting company like Disney or whatever. That too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you probably can't do that with Nolan. I think it would be perfect though because he's a huge fan of practical effects. He always creates his own props and stuff. Like that dude literally creates his own machines. He creates his own he just creates stuff to put in his movies. It's crazy. There's a dude that makes a lot of original movies. Christopher Nolan. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like Interstellar, um, Dunkirk. Uh, you know, I guess the Batman series, but... The Prestige. Inception. Inception. He has a lot of original shit. Memento. He does. Memento is also amazing. Yeah. Insomniac. I've watched that, but... It's not as quite as good as his others, but it, I think... I, to my knowledge, it's an original. I mean, that's all original shit. I mean, besides obviously the Dark Knight series, but yeah, dude. Yeah, it's an original story. I mean, that's an original story in that universe, but it's yeah, not quite an original movie. No, that's not, it's, it's not original, yeah. but the story is an, an original. So yeah, mm, yeah, that'd be cool if no one wanted to do it. Then yeah, let's fucking have him do Star Wars. But that also, he seems like he does with his space movie. He really tried to make it as real to our world as it could be. Yeah. And Star Wars is more, you kind of have to just forget some rules of travel and shit. I'm sure it doesn't really work like that with some stuff that happens in Star Wars. How there's no sound in space, but... Or explosions. Yeah. <laughs> explosions would not be the same. It just space. seems like when you talk J.J. Abrams, you're talking fatty, fucking special effect, badass shit, hella action. It's not like yeah. you're thinking of like a legacy kind of saga when I think of J.J. Abrams. I don't know. If Stanley Kubrick was still alive, oh boy. I would pick Stanley Kubrick if he was still alive. That would be fucking awesome. i say give it to Kerry Fuk- Fukunaga. Ooh, that'd be cool. Oh, Denis Villeneuve. Yeah, Denis Villeneuve. <laughs> you always talk about that guy. <laughs> dude, he's awesome. Honestly, I love him. And Blade Runner. Oh my God. Just love Blade Runner so Blade much. Blade Runner could have used more action though. Imagine a Star Wars movie without action or for two hours. Dude, there was only one lightsaber fight in the first movie. Uh, I was just about to say, dude, the OG, the OG fucking Star Wars movies didn't have that much action, especially in New Hope. Yeah. And most people consider those the greatest ones. So. Yeah. Empire Strikes Back had a ton of action. There's the whole Hoth fight. But that's that's three movies in, dude. No, that's two. Empire Strikes Back is the, the second, second movie. Oh, yeah, shit. Sorry. He fights a fucking, like, whatever that snow creature is. I'm forgetting. What's that? What are those things called, Ross? That Yeti bitch. Oh, my God. Why can't I think of it? It's not Will. Uh, dude, this is bad. A Wampa. Womp. Yeah. I, I almost said Willem. They have that starts in the beginning and it's like, dude, Luke might die here. Yeah. Whatever, dude. He fights himself as a fucking in Darth Vader's suit. That wasn't even a fight, dude. He smashed lightsabers once with him and then slashed him in the face. That's very true. <laughs> that was more like a trip, like a trippy fucking thing than encounter. Like a fight. Yeah, trippy encounter than a fight. There's the Millennium Falcon escape when they're flying through the asteroid oh, field. The, the meteor. Or yeah. Okay, now you're looking shit up, dude. No, I'm just re- recalling the movie. <laughs> and then there's like Slave One following the... Lit- but that's not really too much action. No. But when Boba, Boba on Cloud City, they have a little shootout kind of. There's that. And then there's just his fight with Darth Vader at the end, which goes yeah. for 20 minutes. Still my favorite lightsaber fight. 
in any movie besides Vader at the end of Rogue One, but it's not technically a lightsaber fight. So and they just lose. You don't really see many movies like that where just the 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 good guys lose. get their asses beat the whole movie. Yeah, Infinity War. Let's go, baby. Yeah, I guess so. But you just knew that they were gonna bail them out. Yeah, that's true. At the very oh yeah, dude. At the end, I was just thinking they're all coming back, but whatever. Yeah. It was still good. It was very impactful. And just that twist too. And I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Which which topic is this even on anymore? I can't fucking remember. <laughs> we were talking about who we would have chose to helm the new the new trilogy. Oh fucking shit. And I was saying Denis Villeneuve, and then you said there wouldn't he wouldn't have put enough action in it. And then we said Oh yeah, and then we yeah, went on that tangent. I'm I don't know. I don't know who I'd want, but I would say I think that Ryan Johnson's trilogy could be cool because he's. I, it feels like he's going to do something that's di- very different because that's what he was trying to do with the old story. Yeah. Maybe he shouldn't have done it with the old story, but I'm okay with different in Star Wars. That's what I want to see. And then yeah. I would honestly feel like if D&D do more of a showrunner kind of role or they bring in other people to help them with it, that their trilogy could be cool too because they did really good with Game of Thrones for a long time. Yeah, they did. I agree. Even a lot of people didn't like season five. I still liked most of season five. Season five? Season five was great. People yeah. didn't like season five? What the fuck? What? What are you talking about? That's one of the best seasons. Before season seven came out, everyone said season five was like the worst. Really? Because of the Sand Snakes, basically. Was but the that was reason. only one episode or one I know, story. That's only one aspect of the whole season. That's why I... Season five was one of my favorite seasons, but... People didn't like the Sand Snakes. I think that was a lot of book readers was a thing. So That, that yeah. season has hard home. What are they even talking about? I know, right? <laughs> and spoilers, Jon Snow's death. So And Jon Snow dies. That's the cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah dude. That's a good season. I love that season. And it's got the battle at uh, NASDAQ's pit too. People probably that's, just didn't like the High Sparrow in that pit. Oh, no. People didn't like that too much either. Too. But I thought that was… I mean, I thought that was all right. It was an interesting factor, though, is hey, you let people see what's happening after Tywin dies. Tywin's dead. He was the most powerful man in the country. Like, it's going to be random factions that are going to come up. Yeah, like, like Cersei, you dumbass. It made you kind of like root for Cersei, too. Yeah. Because yeah. she was going through some shit. Not in the beginning. When she was a fucking total asshole. At the start, you're like, what the fuck, you dumb ass. And then <laughs> you start to root for her a little bit. And Arya goes blind this season and has that storyline where she yeah. turns into who she is. That's a good season. People are tripping. Yeah. The only parts that I don't think were the best were the ending and then the part where they go beyond the wall. Just could have been executed better. Everything else, no problem. Oh, in season seven? Or? Oh, and the, the sand... I'm just talking about even the whole or story. Five. Yeah. The whole story of Game of Thrones. And then the Sand Snakes part, not great either. I think, dude, seasons one through four, though, are just perfect. Like, there's nothing wrong with those seasons. I, yeah. And I even appreciate that they were just trying to bring that part of the Game of Thrones universe in because it keeps it bigger if you involve oh, more nations. Yeah. But the, the Dorne plot in the books is apparently uh, a lot better. But yeah. And one of the best characters was from Dorne who just died right before Oh, that. Oberyn. Yeah. Yeah. Oberyn G. was one of the best characters. So I was okay with seeing more of where he's from. Yeah. Fuck. How do we get to Game of Thrones? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Let's get off Game of Thrones. Okay, so yeah. back to back to Star Wars. So next topic. Daisy Ridley, 
oh, well, shit, I guess this is something to do with Game of Thrones too. But so Daisy Ridley says she thinks the Star Wars <laughs> ending will be less controversial than the ending to Game of Thrones. Damn, I hope so. <laughs> Better, Jesus. Tore apart the fandom. <laughs> so I just took this as she's saying it's going to be controversial. Yeah, you just think it's going to be somewhat controversial, but not to the point where it just makes people totally revolt against the fandom. Dude, they're going to do that Force Ghost bullshit that I was telling you guys about. I'm convinced now. Did you read the leak? No, don't talk about any leak. Don't talk about a leak. No, no, no. I didn't. I thought you were saying, oh, that was a throwaway script that they didn't want to do. Okay, so here's the story. I didn't read the leak. Don't say anything about the leak. I have no clue what leak you're talking about. So, yeah. Apparently, there was a plot leak, but I did not read it. It's probably not real. I don't ever believe those things. Yeah. But what I did see was the Lucasfilm art director, he reshared old discarded plot ideas that I don't know if these were known before or not. But and in this, Force Ghost, Ben Kenobi, and Yoda help Luke fight Emperor Palpatine in what was that movie? Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. Yeah. I, that movie was already had some kind of out there stuff. If they would have put that in there. And I was reading the script too. What do you mean out there stuff? Like the Ewok party was, and the Ewoks defeating the Empire. (laughs) This highly, I don't know, that was kind of out there a little bit. And then the beginning when they have that big ass dance party in Jabba's palace was, I mean, it was fun. It was cool. But it was like, it just felt kind of out of place to me upon rewatch. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Like just it being kind of childish yeah, compared yeah. to compared to what we just saw in because Empire Strikes Back is so much darker. Yeah. Yeah. And then Return of the Jedi comes out a little childish a little bit. Yeah, but that one had also had Yoda when he was kind of being a fool in Empire <laughs> yeah. Strikes Back. I was about to yeah. I was literally just about to say that. I was like, I mean, Yoda was all childish in Empire Strikes Back. I mean <laughs> But then you see to a point to it too. You see that he was trying to trick them. The Ewoks were like uh, insurgents, you know? They were in their own, just chilling in their own towns and villages. So they knew the land. They knew everything, you know? Kind of guerrilla warfare. Yeah, guerrilla warfare kind of shit. Yeah, like the Vietnam War. I think it's pretty cool. And they had help. There was a whole battle going on in space. Yeah, that's true. And they let Luke right into the lair with the Emperor. I would say my main point is just some of the childish aspects of Return of the Jedi. Oh, and also on that skiff out in Tatooine, Jabba skiff, you know? Yeah. Fucking Boba Fett went out like a bitch. Yeah. (laughs) He did, dude. He just gets eaten. Yeah, dude. I mean, he's still alive. He could be alive. Yeah. If they pick that, it's either... Okay, so he supposedly... He did climb out of it in the old canon, and it hasn't been confirmed or not, or denied that that didn't happen, or if he died then. Now, you know what I mean? Like, they haven't canceled that shit yet. Yeah. So, to me, that means he's still alive. Until they say he's not alive, he's still alive to me. Yeah. Personally. That's how I take it. But that that scene could have been better coordinated, probably. Yeah. I don't need to critique that movie, though. I love that movie. Yeah. All right. That's fair. But what I was saying, though, is that that shit we were talking about the other day with the Force Ghosts, I, I honestly think they're going to do some bullshit like that. It's funny you found that right after <laughs> we were talking about that bad shit. I know. Yeah. It, it better not happen, man. That will, Star Wars will take a hit for me. It will. Yeah. I feel like that could definitely happen with how J.J. Abrams is saying this is going to tie, you know, all the movies together. I know. That's what I'm worried. It sounds kind of scary. Yeah. For real. Yeah. 
Like this shit could definitely happen with all the force ghosts from different eras coming back and being like, oh, nostalgia fest. Exactly. You know? It'd be like Endgame. Yeah. Bring all your heroes yeah. in. Bring all the ex-Jedi yeah. in to help beat Palpatine. Yeah. I feel that. I hope it doesn't happen, but it sounds like it could definitely be a possibility. Okay, any, anything more on? That's pretty much all I have to say on that's that. That's it for Star Wars then, yeah? Yeah. Yo. Okay. All right, moving on, switching to a story about the Sony Disney deal. So Sony Pictures boss, he says, for the moment, the door is closed on Disney and Sony working out a deal to keep Spider-Man in the MCU. He also said some other shit. He said, Spider-Man was fine before the event movies and he will do just fine outside the MCU. And he added that Kevin Feige didn't do all the work for these movies. And then he That's such a petty comment. Yeah. And then he added that they're gonna make five or six live action Spider-Man spin-off TV shows. Five or six? <laughs> yeah. That seems like an oversaturation, but okay. it's a red quote. Sounds like a lot. And yeah, obviously Feige didn't do all the work. No shit, dude. But to say that is just an oversimplification of what he actually did do for the franchise, you know? He did he was a major contributor contributor but yeah he didn't do all the work of course it's a team effort i mean what the fuck <laughs> he did a lot too it's his direction he's the one saying yeah. this is what we're going to do with spider-man in our universe and we want him to be like this character but yeah obviously i mean he didn't do all of the work they put they put the money up but but yeah yeah he did a lot i mean give him some credit yeah sony put sony put the money up and they were like you do it this yeah with it. And yeah, they did just fine before the MCU, but they weren't doing what one point three billion or whatever, one point two billion. What did yeah? What did the previous Spider Mans make? The two amazing Spider Man movies they made around seven hundred fifty million, and Spider Man three made eight hundred ninety million, I think. Three. But the problem was Spider Man. No, no, that's probably domestic. I'm talking worldwide. Spider Man three though was not a good movie. And no. Amazing Spider-Man Two, not a good movie. Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man One, it, it was I, it was okay, decent. Yeah, could have been better. So, definitely had a terrible ending. But and Spider Verse was something that they let Phil, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller just say, "Hey, we're giving you this project. Do something awesome with it," which is like what they just did with Kevin Feige. It's the same thing. So yeah, it's fine if you let people be creative and you don't try to take over projects. With Spider-Man 3, they wanted, they were pushing to get Venom in that movie. Sam Raimi didn't want to do that. He didn't want Venom yeah. introduced like that at all. Because wasn't he supposed to come in in Spider-Man 4 with Vulture? Wasn't it supposed to be Venom and Vulture in Spider-Man 4? Or something like that. That might be wrong. but It was it was something, I know Vulture for sure was supposed to be in Spider-Man 4. I think but, it was Vulture and Mysterio who were supposed to be Spider-Man yeah. 4. Yeah. And there was another one. And then Sinister Six, yeah. Yeah, there was supposed to be another villain too who had a minor role, kind of almost a cameo in it, getting arrested or something. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't think... It's just not a good comment by him. You're just going to piss off more people saying that kind of shit, I feel like. I know. It's very petty shit. Just work out a deal. <laughs> yeah. I just want a movie that's solely focused on Spider-Man and Venom. They'll figure it out. I want more than one movie, but it's it has, still hasn't happened. A Spider-Man and Venom just, movie? Yeah. 
Oh, that's going to happen now. It sounds like this this comment to me makes it sound like they are for sure doing their own thing with Spider-Man at this point. They don't care. Because they're planning ahead. They already hired a writer for Spider-Man 3, the next one with Tom Holland. And they're not going to sit around and wait for this deal to get figured out. Sounds like. It's dumb. And they were pushing, just... they were pushing for... Apparently, they were pushing to get Venom into the MCU or into a Spider-Man movie in the MCU. It's just both sides being stubborn. I mean... Yeah. Also... Whatever, I guess that's... I- Business. I forgot to add that those five to six live action Spidey shows, those are probably the ones that Phil Lord and Chris Miller are doing for them because that was reported a couple months ago. So those could be good. Mm. Could be. Yeah. Those guys know what they're doing. Shit, dude. Do we have anything else? Anything else on that Spider-Man shit? Nope. Nah. Okay. Next, switching gears. So Joker just debuted at Venice Film Festival. It... Currently has around 85% Rotten Tomatoes, 75 Metacritic. It won top prize at the festival too. So top film there. So this movie's gonna be good. Hell yeah. Feeling, boys. Good. And I, I've been seeing shit about people saying Joaquin Phoenix should definitely be an Oscars consideration for his role. Really? You seen that shit? Yeah. Yeah. It was a Vice article though. Oh. I, mean, I don't know. Stupid. I mean, yeah. that's better than it too. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot to add too that the the movie that last won the last two movies to win that award that they just won were The Shape of Water which won Best Picture that was two years ago and then what was that other one? Yeah. Roma? Was it Roma? Was that the movie? Because Roma won Best Picture too didn't it? Roma yeah Roma won the award last year at this festival it didn't win Best Picture though at the Oscars but Shape of Water oh, it was nominated though for yeah sure. for sure and the director won. Yeah. Okay. He won best director, Alfonso Cuaron, whatever. Yeah. So I mean, that's a good sign. This movie might have an Oscar run. It'd be, I think it'd be good to see a comic book movie get, even if it's not really a true comic book movie or whatever, to get some recognition. It's been a while. Yeah. The only other one since The Dark Knight has been what Infinity War. Right? I don't even did that even get like a real. It got special effects, right? Well, it's special effects, but yeah. Not anything like director or best actor or be- anything that's more highly acclaimed. No, yeah. Heath Ledger is the last award winner. And Dark Knight should have won Best Picture that year, but wasn't even nominated. Oh, 100% should have won Best Picture. I don't even Picture. think it was nominated. No. That is bullshit, yeah. It was major bullshit, dude. It's fucking stupid. It's one of the greatest movies of our generation. What movie? Dark Knight. Oh, oh. It was nominated for eight Oscars, but it didn't get nominated for Best Picture. Best Cinematography, Best Sound Editing, Supporting Actor, Visual Effects, Film Editing. All these things that are huge factors in a film, but it didn't get Best Picture now or Director. So I'm down with it. If it makes a run, I think it's good. It'll open up, it should open up the Oscars that they should include more movies than just artsy movies. Yeah. I mean... We all know it was a fucking amazing movie, so yeah. Fuck the Oscars. I can't even remember what won that year. No, I don't. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Really. It might have been like, uh, no, it wasn't Twelve Years a Slave. I don't know. Two thousand nine. That was two thousand eleven. Yeah. Slumdog Millionaire. Which movie do people still talk about? Slumdog Millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> Good movie though, but not like better than that movie. Not better than Dark Knight. Dude, there's an original film. Another one. Slumdog Millionaire? Oh, Slumdog Millionaire. That shit came out 10 years ago. I'm just saying it's an original film. Yeah. The Hurt Locker won 2010. That was a good movie too. Oh, I think it was No Country for Old Men. 
because Dark Knight came out in 2008. Yeah, but you get you come out in 2008 and then you, you'd be at the 2009 award. Yeah, it's on nine. Because I was going to say, if it was No Country for Old Men, I think that could win over The Dark Knight. Because that's a damn good movie. Yeah, that was the year before. Yeah. And that okay. was a good, that was damn. a hell of a good movie. You're right. Definitely. Yeah. Slumdog Millionaire is a really good movie too, but I mean... Yeah, no, I mean, it is. It's just that movie was better than getting nominated. Yeah. Whatever. I don't even know what else got nominated that year. Dude, who knows and who cares? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. All right, so let's move on. So next, we're going to talk about Ad Astra also premiered at Venice Film Festival. Movie stars Brad Pitt. Currently has 84% of Rotten Tomatoes, 81 on Metacritic. But this movie's only projected 20 million despite Brad Pitt just coming off Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which was great. Huge box office movie star, like probably one of the last actors who can carry a movie by himself out there right now. And him and Leo, which is crazy because they're in the same movie. Two of the only ones. Yeah. Yeah. And it's only projected. Yeah. And it's only projected for 20 million with an 80 million budget. So this could end up being in the end another. this, This is a Fox film. So it's Disney. Another Disney loss, even if it's a great movie. Yeah. I guess RDJ2 is up there, but yeah. Well, he hasn't done a ton ton post-starring MCU. Yeah. Besides Sherlock. What, like the lawyer? Yeah, Sherlock. Yeah, that's it. He's probably just riding off his MCU shit. Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder was the same year as Iron Man 1, though. Like, before the MCU really took off. I think it was 2008. Or 2009? Was it was it? after Iron Man. It might have been the same year, but it was later that year. Later that still, summer. Dude, the MCU hadn't, wasn't even like close to what it is now. It wasn't even like... I got you. I, I would just mean that he hasn't even done that many movies that weren't non... Because he's been in so many MCU movies. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, if he's in a movie, people are going to come out for it. His Dr. Doodle movie has been shelled for like two years now. They have to do reshoots again. He's a Dr. Doodle. <laughs> Damn, bro. I <laughs> forgot about that he's, shit. He's playing Dr. Doodle. Yeah. yeah. Comes out. It's supposed to come out next year. It was supposed to come out this year, though. They wanted to ride off the MCU. It's probably trash. <laughs> why would you make a remake? Like, why would you make a remake of that? Bro, we told you they're going to remake everything by the time we die. Some like nineties like trash movie, dude. Also, it was Eddie Murphy. Is Eddie Murphy? He's black. How can you remake it with RDJ? Wasn't the first Doctor Doolittle white? Why? I mean, I don't know if that aspect matters. Is there a fir- wait? There's a Doctor Doolittle before Eddie Murphy. Yeah. What? Yeah. I don't even. <laughs> I didn't even know that. That was way before. It's like a TV show or something. I, really I, know I don't know. Eddie Murphy is as the real Dr. Eddie Murphy's Doodle. our guy, yeah. though. Okay, he's our generation's Eddie Murphy is Doctor Doolittle. So, yeah, I'm not saying I like recognize it as anything, but I was saying it's a. This is the third adaptation of Doctor Doolittle. Mm. At least there could be even more that I don't fucking know about or care yeah. about. Either way, that's something that definitely doesn't need to be remade. Yeah, this is the whole topic we're talking about. Is why aren't more original movies being made? Like, why aren't original movies making more money? No. The problem is that no one goes and sees them. It's like, if you want to see what sounds like going to be a good space movie, you should go see this movie. Space movies are sick. Dude, I love sci-fi. Yeah. Also, you're kind of right. They, they're not marketing it like they should. I haven't seen one fucking ad for it. But also, it's kind of hard. No one watches tele- like TV TV anymore. So how do you reach your audience? Instagram ads. Instagram ads, baby. 
I've seen ads for I it. I haven't seen one fucking ad on any social media for it. I think maybe one of its problems is that the trailer wasn't crazy shareable for one. Like that wasn't something that be, I should be like, I should retweet this. I don't know if people yeah. thought that necessarily. But then, I mean, it was a good trailer though. Yeah, it was a good trailer. And that clip was awesome. Yeah. Don't watch it oh, yeah. if you don't want to like save it, but it was a cool clip. Yeah. Why? Is there spoilers? I mean, everything that's came out. It's just like a, it was something that's happening in the movie that I didn't necessarily realize was going on. It just an, an aspect that they didn't sell great in the trailer to me. I don't know. Just because I thought the movie is about this one mission, but it looks like there's other shit that's going to happen to him along the way before he finally gets there. Oh, like a love story? No, no, no. I don't think this is going to be a love story <laughs> at all. <laughs> no. No, this is a mission to rescue his dad, who's uh, played by someone. Michael J. Fox. Isn't Tommy it? Lee Jones or no. something like that. Tommy Lee Jones, yeah. That was close. Tommy Lee Jones. And he needed to get some sort of code from him, but... Then you realize there's other factors at play too in this clip. I didn't realize that. Like he's not his real dad. I haven't even seen it yet. <laughs> yeah. Just like space pirates and other things. Space pirates? That's what I'm saying, dude. This movie sounds, it's shaping up more than I didn't expect. Sounds sick. Who, who directs this? I don't know who directs this one. Oh, I was just looking this shit up. It's like James something. James? Uh, let, me, let me. James Gray. Oh, James. James Gray, yeah. Yeah, James. What else does he direct? He directed... Lost City of Z. That was a good movie. Lost City of Z, yes. <laughs> oh, that was a good movie, dude. And there was one other big one, but it just came out recently, I think. We Own the Night. What is that? That sounds familiar. It's a Joaquin Phoenix, Mark Wahlberg movie. Hmm. I don't know. That's the thing is he doesn't have... Those are kind of a lot of indie movies and stuff. And this is his first big budget yeah, in a while. Yeah. Maybe that's why the projections are low. Just because he's uh, not a director that people will come out for, you know? Well, yeah. Because Christopher Nolan, he does a lot of originals, but, you know, people see his name on something, they're going to come out for it. Yeah. But that's how I feel about Brad Pitt, though. Like, he's a good actor. He's one of the best actors out there. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's true. Has he ever done a space movie? I don't think so. I honestly don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. I've never, I've never seen him in a space movie. So it's just it's just crazy that even like a big time star, whatever. That's what I was just meaning. Doesn't get the pull. Yeah. One thing I think contributes to it though is just that these the people that make these original movies view it more of as art, whereas a lot of the other mainstream big blockbuster movies, I think, are treated by the parent companies more as just kind of a marketable piece of content. Yeah, you know? but dude, you're yeah. not going to get 80 million budget if you if they're saying, "Hey, this is a straight art movie. We need but it's like you got to make money, you got to win awards." Maybe that's what they're shooting well, for. Well, no, no, no. I'm saying for mar- as far as marketing, they are w- way more willing to show spoilers to show cuz you know fa- like Fast and Furious, all this shit, they show way more spoilers. They're way more willing to show just huge chunks of the movie that shouldn't be shown. <laughs> Whereas in maybe Ad Astra, stuff like that, they're not willing to show. They're not willing to give up their secrets. Trying to save plot points and like all the exciting parts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's trying to build buzz so that it stays around, stays in the theaters longer. Go that kind of route. Yeah, yeah. I that's a good take. I still think though that even twenty million start like okay, twenty million. If that's your best weekend, every weekend after that, 
even if you only lose it's going down 30%, you know, and still not making a shit ton to get back to that budget. I feel like people don't go out, show out to the movies as much anymore, though. How much How much is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood at box office? Does that make 90 million opening weekend or 80? No, it made 40 million in the US, but it made right now it's currently at 283.7 million. Pretty good for that kind of movie. Yeah, especially being rated R too. 90 million budget. Not bad. It's still out there though. It's like it's probably still coming out in territories. Yeah, it is. But it's just like we're saying, yeah, a lot of original movies don't do that great. I was trying to think what else have we reviewed original this year would be us. That one did pretty good, yeah. but it didn't do good for like uh, worldwide. It did good domestically. Yeah. Which I think a lot of those people don't care as much about the money too, you know. They just want to put something out there that's going to, I don't know, this sounds kind of corny, but like touch their audience. I don't know. Do you guys agree with that or no? You're talking about worldwide or wait, what? Are you talking about directors? No, I'm saying, yeah, the people that put out these movies that are more original and shit like that, they want to have a personal connection with their audience more. I don't know. And they don't care as much about like how much it makes as far as gross. I mean, they still care about that, obviously. But oh, oh, oh you're seeing the directors that make it don't give a fuck about how much it makes. They just like care about like the quality of the story they, they're putting out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, they're here to make art. It's like more art to them than however much money they make. They're just happy if people end up liking it. Yeah, it's art over being a yeah, product. Yeah, and they're not worried about like marketing it like like they would be for like Avengers or something. Yeah. And especially with Avengers, like you have a big backing from fucking a big ass company, and it's a big ass franchise. You just have a lot of money to put behind it. Disney's backing this movie. Oh, what at Astro? Yeah, oh, it's a Fox movie. They are. I didn't know that. Yeah. Jesus. Well, then why isn't there more marketing? I haven't seen one fucking iota. I've seen stuff on it. But I think there has. It just isn't carrying. It's not getting... I've never seen shit. It's not carrying as hard. It's not getting turned into memes. It's not getting discussed super hard. Well, dude, a movie like this, you don't want turned into memes. What the fuck? I just meant like bringing awareness. Stuff, get, stuff gets turned, turned into memes and it can be good marketing. Like Pennywise, for example, his face was everywhere. There wasn't one meme that I've seen about fucking uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's an original. Yeah, I don't think so either. Like, I don't know. How much did that get cared by social media? It's just like Quentin Tarantino. Everyone wants to see shit. Yeah, people are coming out for him. I can't remember it was a specific theme. I don't know. But that was that was talked about more on social media than probably a movie like this. It's probably carried by Quentin, like this gray guy. Not a lot of people know him. Quentin and then his actors. Yeah. Well, yeah, because Once Upon a Time had Quentin... Leo, Margot, Al Pacino, and Brad Pitt. But dude, Leonardo DiCaprio is in every, like, almost every single one of the fucking Quentin Tarantino's movies now. There's been two. No, only two. The last two. Yeah, the last two that everyone has seen. Well, Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight was in between. But yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Like, he's starting to gain a repertoire with Quentin Tarantino. Because, I mean, who wouldn't? Like, he's an amazing director. Why would you not want to attach yourself to somebody like that? Where you could just be in his movies. Yeah, he's going to read any script that gets sent to him. Yeah. From Quentin. Yeah. He's also picky, though. Maybe he did pass on. What movie has Leonardo DiCaprio been in recently that was not Quentin Tarantino? The Revenant. Yeah, The Revenant was the last one before And he didn't do a movie for three years after that because he was waiting for one that he thought would be worthy to star in. Yeah. Pretty much all I have to say on that. The Great Gatsby, he was in that too. Oh, yeah. Beautiful Wall Street. So moving on, next we're reviewing It Chapter 2. If you haven't seen the movie, stop listening now. 
we will, there might be one little tiny thing at the very end about Bill Skarsgård commenting on It Chapter, or not It Chapter 3, just the third It movie, but that'll be at the very end. It'll be in the timestamps if you want to skip everything. Okay, so let's start. It Chapter 2. Luke, you want to go first on this? What'd you like in the movie? You can do it that way. We'll do like what we liked, then if there was anything that you didn't think worked, anything like that. So go with what you like. From the movie, um, I liked all their throwbacks to them as uh, kids. Did they pre-record those? They knew they were going to do it chapter two and then recorded that? They used de-aging. Oh, well, two things. So they did use scenes that were already in the first movie. Well, I know they used some scenes, but... And then they might have had some scenes that they did record. They were able to use it later in this movie. But then, yeah, what Ross just said is that they had to de-age them. That's why they kind of looked funky at some scenes and their voices sounded a little... Yeah. Uh, Finn Wolfhard was definitely the most noticeable for me. His voice sounded weird. Or Eddie. Yeah, Eddie Eddie for sure. Yeah. Finn Wolfhard was the worst. His eyes looked like way too close to his head with the size of his head. (laughs) (laughs) For me, it was just his voice, but... I didn't notice that. (laughs) Richie was like, man, his eyes, yeah, with his glasses and stuff, and his voice sounded really weird to me. He looked kind of cartoony a little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah a little and bit. And it makes sense because, and the kid's tall as shit now. He's grown up. They've all grown up since that movie came out. So I hit a major gross yeah. So yeah, the flashbacks were good. Yeah, they were good. And then I liked how uh, each of them had to go on their own little quest to find their artifact. Like everyone had to like face their own little fear, you know? <sighs> Fuck. Eddie had to go down into the cellar. And like face all the with fuck. the leper, yeah, with the leper, and he choked him out, and I was like, "Oh fuck, he's actually a badass!" Fucking killed him, or he pretty much killed him before he threw up on him. And then, um, dude, what was it that music? They randomly switched it to a song. I didn't even notice that. I didn't notice that either. There was some song that played right when it was yakking on him. Oh, I didn't. I literally didn't notice that. And then uh, Beverly had to go back into her old house, and you know those flashbacks of her and her dad. Um, Dude, that old lady though. That was creepy as fuck. That old lady was creepy as fuck. That was such a good scene. We all saw that in the trailers and shit, but just like her flashbacks with her dad was kind of sketchy, just because you know he's like fucking fucking pedophile, pedophile douchebag. Yeah, messed up dude. Yeah, and just for every every character is cool. Them having having to do a flashback and then facing a fear of theirs. I like that, but at the same time, I had my problems with it too. I mean, I thought it was well done for the style it was in, but I also thought it was very linear. You know, I just thought like very predictable, you know. Oh, okay, this character is going to this place from their childhood. They're gonna get scared by Pennywise and then it's gonna go to the next character and then they're gonna go to this place in their childhood and then they're gonna get scared by Pennywise. But that's how it happens in the book. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I know, but you you have to adapt it differently, you know. Well, they you did. Gotta, they changed some of them. Yeah. That's true. I just thought it was very linear, you know. That's what I was about to ask you, Zach, was like how true was it to the book? Because I I never read the book, so. I think for the most part, if you were going to do a movie, two movies, then I think they did a good job considering it's 1,135 pages you're adapting. And they, even with that, they left a lot of stuff out. Holy fuck. That book is a fucking thick one. 
Because when they're adults, yeah, it's man. probably 900 pages of them being adults. Maybe less. Maybe like 800 pages. And then the 300 kids. So it's 200 pages as kids and then like 900 as Yes, because what's happening in the book is it's yeah. switching back and forth to their past, to their present, and then them reflecting on their past. Uh, so it's pretty much most... The book is like them in as older people, but then it's just a bunch of jump backs. Yeah, it's explaining their trauma and them remembering everything because... They all forget when they're adults in the book, too. Oh, like in the book, in the books, it starts out as them as adults. Yeah, that's what. Okay, I I like the movie series better than almost because then we get the backstory first, and then we get the fucking whole. Oh yeah, I think if you did a movie, this is how you have to do it: is you do the kids' perspective, and then you do it. You flash back to that show, maybe more stuff from their trauma, because yeah. that's what I thought was cool too. Is that they were showing that hey, some of these kids really got fucked with multiple times when they were a kid. He was just yeah. really trying to really make them super scared, yeah, so that they would even taste better when he ate them finally, because they were so scared. That's what he fed off of. Said it tasted better when kids were completely terrified of them, full of fear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And even then, they changed. Um, Ben's flashback. That was okay. I was going to ask you guys about Ben's flashback when he's in the he's in the school. It was confusing. It, it, was it him dealing with it now? But it was like showing you. Was it him reliving the? You know, because his biggest fear was that Beverly would reject him, and the clown knew that. So was that scene from his past, and then he relived it all of a sudden when he was older or something like that? I mean, he was just yeah, he was having a flashback. Yeah, I think that happened. Okay, and then he just walked in there and then instantly remembered all of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dude, and hiding in that locker was the worst place to hide. What the fuck? As soon as he hid in there, I was thinking, dude, Pennywise is going to be right behind you. And then, of course, I, that picture was in the background. And I was just thinking, yeah, man, that's going to be Pennywise in like <laughs> five seconds. So it was. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, because they got us good with that. They said, oh, it's Pennywise, and then it wasn't, and then you're all convinced, all right, it's fucking Beverly, you know? She kind of, I guess, has the shape of Pennywise. Yeah. But, yeah, that was a good scene. And then even after it showed to be Beverly, it went back to the reflection, and it still looked like Pennywise, and you're like, oh, why is it? That's weird. No. Yeah. I was just going to say that I, I do agree with you that some of the, okay, it's kind of like a jump scare, then a jump scare, and they all get away each time. Because you know they're all going to get away because they have to fight him at the end. But that's what I agree with you is that you knew that they weren't in real danger until the end, I guess. Like, because they weren't going to, he wasn't going to kill any of them before that. Which, if I'm Pennywise and I think that they're actually threats, I'm going to try to kill them when they're adults while they're off by themselves. Why would you go off by yourself? Well, he probably yeah. didn't think they were threats then. No. He did, though. He admits in the book, he admits that he doesn't. That maybe he's not as strong as he thought he was because he gets beat by a bunch of kids. In the movie, he didn't seem phased. He's like, I'm back. It's like, it's been 27 years. I'm back, you know? But in the first movie, he was scared of them. They showed him scared of the kids when they were all beating his ass in the in the first movie. In the Barons. In the Barrows. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, Barons. Yeah, and Mike did say he does that it doesn't know what he knows about defeating But I guess yeah. in the end, he did. Yeah. He did know. He did know in the end, yeah. Because he just came out and he was like, oh, you didn't tell them, you know, about the whole thing. The ritual of Chud. Another thing, I I didn't know. Do you guys think the whole scene with the little girl going under the bleachers, do you think that was necessary? Was that just to show him terrorizing other people? Kind of just to show that he's feeding. He's back, you know. 
this is what happens in the book. He, there was more of that in the book that he is. So he, the guy gets killed and he doesn't come back. He doesn't call everyone for another six months. More people got killed in that time before he actually calls them to know it for sure. And then the message doesn't get written for another six months to call home, call home or whatever. After the dude dies under the bridge. Yeah. And I, the- I like that scene, dude. That scene, he was like very creepy. Well, he makes you try to, he manip- he's, he's like, yeah, I'll blow your mark away. Yeah. Yeah, that was fucked. And then he like one, two, and he stops and he's, his eyes like fucking cockeyed. Oh, man. I was like, God yeah. And he starts drooling and you know so that creep. she's just yeah. fucked. I know. I was like, fuck, she's a nice little girl too. I was like, fuck. Yeah. He's a fucking hungry hippo. I love that shit. I wanted more scenes with just Pennywise like that. being that creepy fucking character, you know? There's a lot of that in the first movie. I didn't think there was as much. Kind of a recreation of uh, when Georgie goes to get his boat. It was similar to that. Yeah, that they they were kind of like, no, it's a fucking clown. That's creepy. But then he talks to him and convinces him that he's okay. Yeah. Yeah. For and a split second. Those scenes are, are where Bill Skarsgård really shines too. His performance. Yeah. I think he did really good when... Um, it was when Beverly went to visit her house and he's, you couldn't, well, it was him without the makeup and he's putting the makeup on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I like that because it felt like it was but showing You his... couldn't change their deaths. Yeah. That's what that, yeah, oh, that's what he's saying. Yeah. He's like, you, you couldn't change, you can't change it, can you? And then he's just putting the makeup on. That shit was scary. That was creepy as fuck. Yeah. And then he dragged his fingers across his face and made the cut. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cut himself in the face. I took that as that was him showing how he got the Pennywise or he got the Bob Gray character and that maybe that woman's dad really was this normal clown and then Pennywise or it killed him and kind of took his persona or took that person and became yeah. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because that might have actually been Bill Skarsgård, what he looked like before it killed him and took him. Yeah, because before that, technically, when they were taking that peyote trip and they were seeing him, he didn't look anything like a clown. He just looked... No. He looked like a demon. No, he was a bird. Well, yeah, but he had those crazy teeth and he had a bunch of... I mean, he always has like crazy out. teeth. But, yeah. but he, like he said, he always takes the form of um, whatever culture, you know? Yeah. Well, he's been a clown for at least 100 years. Even in the books, he's been a clown since the 1900s. But he's been around for millions of years. So yeah. before that, he was... Just some crazy demon. I'm not thing. disagreeing with you. I was just saying that I thought it was cool that they showed how he got the clown yeah, yeah, idea okay, from. Yeah. yeah. In the books, there's a scene where these people killed this people called the Bradley Gang, the civilians did. And then no one, everyone kind of looked the other way when they just killed these guys. And one of the people that was shooting at the Bradley Gang was a dude dressed in a clown suit. Or it was a clown dressed in normal clothes. Farmer clothes. (laughs) What the fuck? Yeah. So he's behind all these other incidents that happen, even if he doesn't eat them. He just likes to cause chaos. Yeah. And in the books. Damn, I wish they'd show more of that then. Because it just seemed he was more of a bloodthirsty or just trying to feed and less of, yeah, just trying to cause chaos. Manipulative. and Yeah, because he he likes to sow the seeds of destruction. He likes to play games and stuff. Yeah. In the books, he always comes back when there's a really fucked up event that happens. And then he leaves when a really fucked up event happens. So like when the place where, uh, what's his name? Mike, yeah, when his Mike. family died, yeah. his parents were died in that fire. He was behind that too. When the electrical fire or whatever. I wish they had alluded to that more. I was showing that a little more. Yeah. Yeah. This is all book stuff. I think that they, they might have shown some, just in like clips. I'd have to rewatch and look to see if they showed some of the stuff when he's looking at the history of the city. Because even remember when the first book? Mike or Ben? Mike. 
Mike, but in first, the first movie, remember Ben's in the library and he's looking in the history? And that's when he starts seeing all these events that all went fucking bad. And at the same time, Pennywise is watching because if you rewatch that scene, you can see the old librarian in the, the back. Librarian. Every time he turns a page, the girl moves closer, like a step closer to him. She is creepy. It's fucking creepy. That's what I was going to ask if you guys saw him, Pennywise, ever in the just background, ever. in the background lurking because he's always watching. Honestly, I was kind of looking for that in the beginning. But then as the movie went on, I just kind of got caught up in the movie and I forgot to look for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. me too. But in the first movie, I know they did a really good job about that. Just having him always lurking. I'd have to rewatch. He's in a bunch of shit. He's in the wall watching him one time too. And they're all <laughs> behind the place oh, that yeah, burned down. Yeah. Creeper. Yeah. Do you guys think that the kid in this one who died in the fun house, do you think that was a real person? Or was that maybe potentially someone that Pennywise placed? Because that character is not in the book. Well, he's... Okay, so he might be in the book, but he doesn't die. It's just a kid who's skateboarding. And he tells him to be safe. Bill tells this kid to be safe. And he's like, how do you really be safe on a skateboard? That's what he said to him. And then just skates off. And that's the end of that character. But in the movie, I was thinking just because he's always at the events when shit happens to him. He was at the... When they're eating the Chinese food. The Chinese food, yeah. He's there with his family. And then he lives in Bill's old house, which would obviously be a place that Pennywise would keep an eye on. Yeah. And you only see his parents once. At the Chinese yeah. restaurant. And he knows how to manipulate people anyway, too. He was in another scene before the he saw him, too, at the fucking... He's when he when he reaches his hand down the drain. Yeah. No, no, no. Before that scene. It was that and then the Chinese restaurant. No, no before... No, it was in between the Chinese restaurant and that scene. I see... There's a kid in that jean jacket. At the festival? This is why I near your watch. There's another scene. And I was like, who's that fucking kid again? I was like... What the hell? I think he was only in those two and then the festival. Also in the books, the gay couple that gets killed on, on the bridge, they, they're they coming back from a gay bar in the books, aren't they, Zach? No, they're at a festival. Oh, I thought they were at a gay bar and then they were on their way back from a gay bar or something. And That scene was straight out of the books, too. They're at a festival and they're talking about how they should leave Derry. And yeah. then they get jumped. Dude gets tossed in the fucking water, and then that's how it comes back. It's the first thing. It's like a hateful event. You know what yeah. I mean? And they got it down even to where he bites him. He bites him right in his side like that. Yeah. Oh, damn. That's good. Damn, you remember this shit way better than I do. It's been so long since I read it. Yeah. And he, they, in that scene too, like two people see Pennywise eat that guy, and they don't even bring it up in the court when it happens. Even the yeah. boyfriend doesn't bring it up. Because he just has no idea what he's seeing. He's like, this can't be real. That or just Pennywise has such an influence on the city. He was convinced not to say anything about the clown, which probably means Pennywise was influencing that person. Yeah, that's the other thing about the book is they go more in depth on those kind of events too. There's just more deaths and more people that are getting fucked with. And it shows just how he has this terror over this whole city. It's it's a little bit bigger of a world, it felt like for me, than this movie was at least. I thought they did a better job with that in the last movie. Yeah. Yeah, what else did you like, Luke? Um, I don't know. It did feel like it was kind of easy to kill him. <laughs> I mean, once they fig- yeah, once they figured out, they're like, "Oh, just make him feel small. Just bully this fool to death." Yeah, and then they just no. That, I was literally thinking that. I'm like, "Oh, now they're just bullying him." And then they just like ripped his heart out and then fucking crushed it. The eater of worlds got bullied to death. That's dude. what I was thinking too. I was like, "Oh, all they had to do is talk mad shit to him." And then you guys, you're a clown. (laughs) (laughs) They say, they literally say, you're a clown. Yeah. I mean, he's only the eater of worlds if he believes he is, right? 
that's kind of what the thing is. Bro, I think when he in the book, what they mean by that is that he's literally gone to other galaxies and just eaten everyone on those planets and then moves on. Yeah. That's kind of the vibe I got from it. Oh, really? That's way more badass than what, like the movies. And then a group yeah. of just seven people fuck him up. Like he seems more like a lurker in the movies. Like he's confined to one town in the movie, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how it is in the books. Well, he has influence everywhere. Remember, Stanley killed himself because of it. He can have influence anywhere if he wants. He just, that's where he lives for whatever reason, doesn't leave, but he could. He just likes to play games. He didn't kill himself because of it in the movies. I mean, kind of, but he was trying to do it to like reunite everyone. He wasn't afraid of him. In the Wait. book, there's bigger factors than it also. There's like something that's the equivalent of him on the good side. There's matter in which made Earth by like yakking it out. <laughs> and then there's something higher than both of them, right? This turtle. Oh, so there's more lore in the books. Yeah, well, it's a part of the Stephen King lore. So it's all connected to the Dark Tower Dark series, Tower. which has Gan or Gone. Might be Gone because that reminds that's like God. He's God, essentially. Yeah. And then... The man in black is like the devil. Pennywise would be in a level under him. He'd be the deadlights. Pennywise's uh, species, the deadlights, would be under that. And then Matterin, and there's like 13 other creatures that are pretty much the equivalent. Because in the books, the, the fucking turtle is what tells him how to get the ritual of Chud. Yeah. And when they take the peyote. <laughs> they... I, I think when I was rereading, they they smoke themselves out, and then only Richie and Bill are the only ones who actually go on this vision trip. And then not Mike. No. And then Matterin, he comes to him and tells him how to do it in the vision. Mm. So that's similar, though. Only two of them saw when it. they were younger, when they were kids. Yeah, so but they do yeah, it, twice. it was when they were younger. Yeah. And they like put their fucking dude. It's way weirder. Though. I want to say there's a part where they wrap their tongue up with. Pennywise's tongue, <laughs> Bill does, dude, <laughs> to get in this battle of wits. It's fucking weird, man. And then they have this weird orgy sex with all the kids after. That's after they beat him for the first time. Yeah. And that's the only way they could find their way out of the Barrens. Yeah. And it's supposed to symbolize them becoming adults. It's like, dude, that's fucking weird, man. They're middle schoolers. <laughs> An orgy. Now we're adults. Yeah. Stephen King was on drugs during that shit. Oh, that's the one I liked. The bar mitzvah. Oh, oh, the Stephen King cameo, but the bar mitzvah too. <laughs> that like bar mitzvah ceremony, that was a good scene. But yeah, the Stephen King cameo was dope. I like that. He's like, oh, so you're the big author now, huh? <laughs> yeah, I like that. And I feel like, I feel like Richie, or no, Bill having bad endings to his book was kind of a shot at Stephen King. Or not a shot, but just kind of, it was, you know, playing fun at him. Because a it lot was, of uh, he gets a lot of heat for his books ending bad, which I mean it's really hard to end books because you know you have a really good idea and you're just writing and you're like oh this is good and you know but you don't know where you're gonna end it you don't know where how the, this idea is gonna conclude and then you get there and you're like oh shit what do I do you know you got to make something up ask George R R Martin <laughs> yeah exactly that was total a shot lay on himself hundred yeah. percent. Almost yeah. thought they did it too much. They kept saying it. It's like, dude, okay, we get it. Stephen King, some of his endings are bad. <laughs> They're just out there. Dude, we get it. What else, Luke? What else did you like? I like the movie in, just in general. It was good. It was a good movie. I mean, it wasn't like horribly scary. There was maybe one scene that made me jump. I'm trying to think of it. If I can. 
We were talking about this earlier, Ross. Yeah. But it wasn't scary. It wasn't like scary, scary. There was creepy parts. When Stanley's head, that was fucking grew the spider legs. That was creepy, but... Ooh. And he was smiling. And he was like smiling and laughing. That was fucking weird. Yeah. That was a creepy scene. And it gave the first sign of this the spider shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was creepy, but yeah. Overall, I thought the movie was pretty good. I think I might have jumped a little bit when the girl's legs came out of the scary door when they just opened it and they're like what the fuck very scary the very scary door. they're like what yeah dude that part was hilarious honestly when they're looking at the pomeranian they're like oh i fucking know you fuck and they're like sit oh good dog <laughs> that was funny there's a lot of good comic relief moments bill Hader was amazing yeah yeah he's great <laughs> The kids did that a lot too in the first movie, but I did think the first movie was definitely creepier and scarier and made you feel more uneasy. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Maybe just because it was from a child's perspective. So I just even thought the clown was creepier and more brutal in some aspects. Yeah. Smarter. I mean, he's still trying to play games. So there's plenty of times in the first movie where he could have killed them, but he was just like, nah, I'm just going to play games. Well, yeah, yeah. When they're kids, but then when they they've beaten you once and you're still trying to play games with them, man, and they yeah. they think they're onto something to beat you, yeah, wise wisen up, bud. What do you guys think of Eddie dying? Just like in the in the book, he gets his arm bit off though, and but he dies instantly in the book. I thought it was good because then it made it feel you know more real too. I was like, okay, well one of them died. So. Well, one of them has to die. Yeah, yeah, two of them technically. Well, yeah, but, Stanley too. So yeah, that was right out of the book too. That was good. Does Stanley kill himself in the book too? Yeah. But yeah. they okay, in this they made it honorable. That's not what happened at all. In the book, he kills himself because he's, he's scared. Oh, okay. He's not trying to help them beat beat the clown in that way. You know what I mean? He just is so terrified of going and fighting this thing again because he got it bad. He was one of the ones who got fucked with the most out of the kids. Yeah. Because he was the most afraid was one of the things that made him so vulnerable. And like Pennywise sucked on his fucking head. Dude. Yes, dude. That thing was on his fucking head. So, oh. And remember he was pretending to bite his arm. He was like, nah, nah. <laughs> he just went, he was fucking with him so hardcore. Yes. Yeah. He's doing all that shit. About you, what about you, Ross? I have like a list of stuff that I can go through after. Wait. Yeah. What what did Richie see when he was uh looking at the lights? Oh, the deadlights? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You think you saw anything? Or- well, the thing is, in the books, if that happens, you're dead. You don't see that shit and really make it out. In the books, Bill's wife and Beverly's husband are way bigger characters. Aid Adra or something? Aisha? Ad- Adra or something like that. Adra, yeah. And, and she goes into a comatose. Yeah, from the deadlights. And Bill has to snap her out of it. <laughs> By riding a bike. Damn. <laughs> By riding his old-ass bike. Yeah. <laughs> He rides his bike with her on it. And then he's like, come on. Come on, babe. Yeah, so that was something they changed for the movie that you can snap out of it, I guess. No. Yeah. But that scene kind of paralleled also because didn't Ben save Beverly? And then that that part, Eddie saved Richie. Kind of some couple shit going on. Because Ben, Ben kisses Beverly. Yeah, a little bit. Too bad. Yeah, Richie never kissed Eddie though. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Also, in the books, there's a massive flood that wipes out Derry after it, uh, Pennywise dies. Oh, it ends way different. This ended way um, happier, which I wasn't. I didn't have a problem with. 
it's more bittersweet in the book. They kill it. Eddie dies. The fucking planet, or not the planet, sorry, the city floods. It yeah. just, they, and they all forget everything again. Really? Why? If, especially if it's dead. Because there's still the, these supernatural forces at work. I mean, yeah, they just forget just it. Just because Pennywise is dead doesn't mean like all the supernatural forces are gone. Okay. But I, I thought he was a supernatural force in Derry. Bill like yeah. smashes Beverly. Ben leaves with Beverly in the end too. That actually did happen in the book too. Yeah. And Beverly's abusive husband comes and tries to find her. And then he gets killed by it because he brings oh, no Audra, shit. Bill's wife, down into the thing. And then she goes, she freezes and then he just dies on the spot when he sees the deadlights. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fuck that dude though. Yeah, fuck that guy. Dude, it was a fucking was a dick. Yeah, I did not like the guy. At first, I knew it was abusive, but at first he was being really cool and I was like, oh, this is weird. Okay. Not manipulative cool. as fuck. Yeah, and then, yeah, he just turned on me. I was like, dude, chill out. But yeah, I thought it was, I mean, I thought it was a good movie. It was just parts of it was kind of corny. You know, it was really well made. Cinematography, all that shit was great. Acting was really good. And the casting, holy shit, the casting is so good. Like Ben, I don't know how you cast somebody that well. That still looks that much. That was yeah. good. Like his eyes, like everything. That was really good. And his mouth. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. He's just not fat anymore. Yeah. I don't know how you cast somebody that looks that much like a fat little kid, but with while being like handsome as fuck as an adult. That was good. Yeah. Their casting was A1. Yeah. It was really good. Plus who they cast for Pennywise. Fucking yeah. great. Those guys are good. Really good. I, I thought it was cool how they hi- made a hybrid of Pennywise, not just made him a fucking huge spider. And instead, they made him still Pennywise, but just in the kind of a form of a spider, just a really big Pennywise. I thought that hybrid was cool. Yeah, they kind of combined that because in the book, yeah. the way that you... Okay, so it's an otherworld be- being. So your brain can't actually process what it's supposed to look like. So it's like it comes off to you looking like a spider. Yeah, and then the miniseries totally ran with it. And it looked fucking terrible, yeah, and it it's actually so a female bad. too. It's not a man. He's not an it. He's a female, and he's laying eggs in the book. And then Ben kills, like, smashes all the eggs too. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. so that was kind of cool. That they did kind of a combo to the spider thing. I don't know though. He kind of just I don't know. I don't know what I I didn't know what I was expecting from that either. I think they did okay with it. I was okay with it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, plausibly they could have done something better with it, but it was it was still good. I it mean, probably would have been really confusing if you did something yeah, else to keep it yeah. simple like that was perfect. But they did. Yeah, good. they would have had to. Okay, yeah. yeah, that's that's true. They would have had to go way out there if they would have wanted to do it. Even doing the turtle, even doing matter in that's out there. It's hard to fucking explain how yeah. there's this cosmic turtle that created Earth by just <laughs> getting sick one day. And that it's fight, fighting a spider being creature from a different yeah, galaxy. Fuck, no, all that shit's stupid. That turns it into fucking like space ninja turtles. Like that makes it stupid. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think that and I think it works in the end. They did kind of reference Matterin too when uh, Mike said the root is called Matterin. When he uh, drugged Bill with peyote and he was like, it's a root, it's, it's called Matterin. Yeah, they did. And they showed the turtle in the room. Yeah. 
with Ben in his flashback. And then they also showed it that there was an angle where the globe lined up with the turtle in his depiction. It looks like he has worlds on his back, like a globe. Yeah. His, his shell or whatever. So, so they gave him a little references. I mean, they kind of made it self-aware of like, yeah, we know how it is in the books, but yeah, he's not really in it though. Like the director said was he was going to be in it. He wasn't in it. Yeah. I mean, I guess the roots were a little bit. I thought the the peyote trippy sequence was pretty cool. I mean, I had no problems with that. Thought it was good. Thought it was trippy as fuck and intense. It was very intense. Yeah. I, it was funny. He was like, oh man, I feel weird. And then all of a sudden, he was just in this intense ass peyote trip. It's all right. Cool. And uh, yeah, I, I liked it overall. I did like it. I thought it was a good movie. A little linear in parts, a little corny in parts, but I mean, nothing I can't really not overlook, but it gets it gets outweighed by the good parts of the movie significantly, I thought, for me. Yeah, I thought it was a good movie too, overall. And I liked, for me, as reading the book, that I liked that he really was trying to, he, they tried to be really true to what Stephen King wrote and they tried to consider even what Stephen King wanted. Like Stephen King wanted it to be at the end it wasn't a happy ending. He wanted it so that the city explodes or implodes or whatever, or floods, whatever he wanted with that. And he wanted the Paul Bunyan scene in there and they got it. It wasn't in the, the miniseries. So I liked that. That scene was yeah. creepy in the book and pretty well done in the, in the movie. The brutal opening scene with the gay couple, I'm sure people are going to be mad about that. But it was straight out of the books and I thought it was really well done. And it shows that this what? plant, this this city has fucked up people in it. They're yeah. probably also influenced by this crazy evil feature or uh, presence. Wait, why would people be mad about that though? I mean, those are just characters and it's not like they're homophobic. The directors or anything are homophobic. It's just the characters are really bad, bad people. Because we live in a PC culture and it's you're killing gay people and... That's why people are probably mad. I'm sure there's... I haven't looked too much into it, but... Well, that's why people are mad about it? I think they could. I think people maybe don't realize that this was a part, like a vital part of the book. Yeah. And it's a good point to kick off that, hey, he's back. Like, how else are you going to do yeah. it? Yeah. Well, I mean, you could do... I guess you could replace it with another kill, but it was a big event in the book. And it was something crazy because it fucks you up because it's like, how do you just overlook this? People saw this clown and you don't yeah. bring it up at the trial. It pisses you off. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in the depiction, though, it, it shows the gay couple as, you know, the heroes or good guys more. Yeah. It shows, yeah, it shows the other people as being villains. So, I mean, I, okay, I could, yeah, people could get mad at that, but I, I just don't see that as a negative. I see that almost as a positive, you know, cause like they're just trying to live their lives and then, yeah, not I as th- a positive that they die, but, you know, I thought it was well executed. That's, yeah, how it's depicted. You know? And, it's straight out of the. It was straight out of the books. Like him reaching out, helping this dude who's scared because he's just got tossed because the shit be out of him and tossed off the thing. And it was good. And yeah. I really liked the scenes after that too, where it shows all the losers club and they're all pretty successful. Like they're all crazy successful. Oh, Maybe yeah. that's some sort of thing that happens when you leave the city, even if you've survived this evil thing, that you become crazy successful. Doesn't seem. I guess that's. A good trade-off, maybe. I mean, besides Beverly. <laughs> well, she still was... Yeah. She still had successes for herself, too. She started, what, a bunch of malls or something like that in, the, in this? What? But, yeah. She did? I can't remember what she said at the 
they own a chain of malls or a chain of something. Yeah, her husband. Something successful. No, she owns them with him. Oh, I don't know about that. It was in there for sure. But her husband's still a dickhead. Yeah, you're right, Luke. And it didn't seem like she was all that okay. Well, the problem is, okay, it's what it is, is that in the books, that's what happens too, is she marries someone who treats her like her dad used to. And Eddie marries someone who they say pretty much looks like his mom. Like she's overweight. And it was the same actress who played his wife in this movie as his mom. (laughs) What the? Yeah. So it's just, they depicted all that. (laughs) Yeah, it was. Same same actress. That's hilarious. Dude. (laughs) When uh, when Richie's like telling him how brave he is, and he's like, "Who killed the fucking interdimensional clown?" And it's like, "Who married a woman ten times his own body?" <laughs> that shit was hilarious. He was funny. Bill Hader was great. Bill Hader was yeah. so good. Yeah, I loved him. Very good. Him and the guy who played Eddie older. It was yeah. like those were the same people. That was perfect. Great. Yeah. So, like you guys were saying, the casting, dude, that casting, whoever was the casting director, salute, man. They deserve a raise. Yeah, so good. Even just the fact that they cast the same girl to play his wife, I think that's funny as shit. Yeah. (laughs) Because that's what it says in the book, too. And so all that was good. Liked all the flashbacks, just showing who they were. Even Stanley's death straight out of the books. It was even a little more brutal. Like, they describe it more. I was was okay with it. That didn't need to be super brutal. Yeah. And let's see. I, would you guys think of Bill forgetting his wife so fast? Dude, he just will, yeah, he just starts. He's kind of a bitch. Knocking on Beverly. Yeah, I mean, a little bit. We didn't see that much, though. I mean, they both had to fight these fuck, this fucking creature. They have like shared trauma and yeah, it's just one kiss. In the, in the book, they like full on cheat on their fucking spouses. They both have sex and a bunch of other shit, dude. Way more involved. Yeah, that's true. I thought about that too. That they're just going through a lot of trauma. Yeah, it kind of helped them re remember their childhood too because they were so yeah. connected when they were kids, and that's what they're trying to do was connect back to their childhood to figure out how to beat this thing. Yeah, yeah. It's only one scene though. So that was that was okay. Let's see. Speaking of uh, bad like human characters, what do you guys think of Henry Bowers in this? He was not good. That character was fucking pointless in this movie. Yeah. I thought that, so too. Yeah, that didn't make sense. So much better in the books. He, that was that was something I thought they could have done better with. Didn't he almost kill Mike? He did in the miniseries, but I don't remember in the books if he did or not. In in the miniseries, okay, sorry, I can't remember if it was in the book or the miniseries, but he Mike gets really injured when he attacks him, and Eddie's the one who kills him in the end, and. Yeah, Mike has to go to the hospital and then that's when it possesses a nurse and tries to kill Mike in the hospital. He's not even with them at the end when they go down in the... The Bowery. Yeah. His character is just kind of... Dude, he didn't really even do anything in the end. He didn't... He didn't do shit. There wasn't a fucking point of him. They could have completely cut his character. I thought he was going to be like a big thing. Yeah. I did too, yeah. Takes a hatchet to the dome. In the books, they flesh that. They show a really creepy scene where he's driving around with the zombie guy and he's like trying to talk to it. You know, it's it. It's not his friend. Yeah. Yeah. And they just show more stuff with him, with Henry and just why he's all fucked up because he got framed by it basically. For killing his dad. For killing all the kids too. In the book, they frame everything on Henry and then they say he's a psycho because he saw the it, he saw it kill like his best friends and shit too. Turns into Frankenstein in the book. (laughs) Oh, Henry? Or no, it? 
it turns into Frankenstein and kills his two, like Belch was one of the guys, and I can't remember the guy's name, and kills them in the in the tunnels. And then Henry yeah. gets away. Damn. I didn't even remember that. That's intense. So I don't I don't remember his full participation in the book, but yeah, I feel like that character was the way they depicted him, he totally could have been just cut from the movie. Yeah. That would have been yeah, fine. He didn't make sense. In the book, his dad's an ex-Marine and super abusive. He's not a cop, like honorable dude at all. Yeah. So that character could have been way better, for sure. That was definitely one of my faults in the movie. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. I liked, the, I liked all the deaths that Pennywise got at the beginning. They were all really well done. Like I said, the first one, the creepy yeah. under with the, the little girl, the funhouse death was... I thought the funhouse death could have been more brutal. They kind of just showed a splash. I thought that was pretty fucking brutal, but yeah. I know. How much more blood do you need, Zach? Jesus Christ. No, they just... I'm not, I'm not even hating on it. I was saying... He ate his ass so hard, he just turned into straight I blood. Know. Yeah. <laughs> kid got screwed. That, that scene was intense, too. And you just knew there was no way he was going to save that kid. And his head was banging on that glass, like... Oh, my God, he, yeah. It was like a whack-a-mole, like... Like, <laughs> he's just smiling that creepy ass grin the whole time too yeah just loving that shit damn he's Pennywise is creepy as fuck yeah, just fucked. oh yeah dude when I was leaving the movie theater the whole hallway was empty and I was walking out of the door and some kid just fucking came out of nowhere he was walking silent as fuck and I was going for the door and he just shot past me and went for the door. And I was like, holy fuck. You <laughs> <laughs> just scared the shit out of me. I was like, my bad. I just got out of the You just scared the shit out of me. And he's you're like, you're yeah, rattled. Yeah. He didn't turn around and call you a bitch. <laughs> no. <laughs> he was 13 or something. <laughs> Bill Hader was also great. already said that. His Pennywise impression when they were down in the fucking little hut thing, dude. So good. Yeah. And his Daba joke. Funny. Great. And that oh, whole scene, job of the hut, yeah, yeah. And that whole scene in the China, the fucking restaurant, that was straight out of the books too. That's kind of how they all rebond. And then at the very end of it, they open the fortune cookies and just shit starts to shoot down. They all start hallucinating. It just it just shows like how powerful, much power he still has, which also doesn't make sense in the end because it's okay. You could do shit like this, and you still get beat, little bitch. He just turns into a little <laughs> little baby Pennywise. That shit was hilarious. So when they're just, uh, what's was it Ben or somebody was just banging? Oh no, it was Mike banging on the table with a chair. And then he was like, "You're not real. You're not real." <laughs> yeah, so all that, they just look like crazy fucks. Yeah, <laughs> and that girl comes in. Ah, oh, you're gonna pay for all this shit. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, "You good?" <laughs> the humor was pretty good in this yeah, movie. Was, I was thought funny. maybe there could have been a. I can't remember like a part that sticks out for me, but just. Some parts that could have been a little more scary if there wasn't the humor, but it was good. Maybe the maybe the scene with the music. Yeah. yeah. One of the funniest parts for me that was just kind of subtle was when Eddie was going in the basement and he was choking the leper. And then it puked all over him and then he just opened his eyes and it was gone. And he was just standing there and he's like, what the fuck? And he just dipped out and he <laughs> then he started pushing on the door and the girl was like, oh, it's push. And then yeah. he said, no, oh, oh it's yeah, it's push, and he's like, oh fuck, thanks. And then he just dipped. Yeah, I liked all that because that's all stuff that I do. I just thought it was stupid that you would go do these things by yourself. It didn't feel like for a lot of these, you yeah, doing by yourself. What the fuck's Mike doing? He's just chilling at the library all day. <laughs> I don't know. Mike didn't even really. I guess he had it. He did have his own artifact, but Pennywise didn't well, fuck with Mike that day. Henry, Henry came after him, which is controlled oh, by Pennywise. True, true. That's true. true. At the very end. 
<laughs> Besides that, nothing. He just sat there by himself. Dude, I would be scared shitless anywhere I went. But then Dude, I guess yeah. of balls. Pennywise. Yeah. I'd lock myself. I'd lock myself in a fucking safe with a shotgun. No, I'd get around as many people as I could. It didn't matter, dude, because Richie was in the middle of that park and fucking Paul Bunyan still attacked his little ass. Yeah. Great scene. Dude, when everyone was just looking at him in the background, that was weird. Yeah. And then they all started moving. You know, they were all swaying. Swaying, dancing, yeah. That just shows how much control he has on the city. You can control all those people just to fuck with Richie. And it was creepy at the end, too, when he switches back. Well, he's like, you're not real. And it didn't work. Wait, what part are you talking about? He says, you're oh, not yeah, real. Yeah. And then yeah. Pennywise was still just there and just rushed at him. And he was looking creepy during that whole scene too. And then when he finally goes away, the Paul Bunyan statue still had orange eyes. Oh, shit. I didn't notice that. Mm-hmm. It's a good catch. Yeah, that was the only one, probably the only other time I could remember that he was still watching him in the real world. Unless it was that kid too, just fucking with Bill, trying to break down Bill. What do you guys think was the scariest slash creepiest of any of their experience? You know how they all went off on their own. What do you think? Which one do you think was the scariest? Oh, Beverly's. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say Beverly too. That old lady was... Yeah. Fuck. I don't think it was the old lady. It was him putting the makeup on. That was fucking way scarier than that dumbass, saggy titty old lady. They look kind of just bad CGI there. But everything... Else in that scene was great. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of my faults was that just some of the cartoony shit, just some of the characters look cartoony or things that were supposed to be scary. Wasn't there an homage to The Shining in that? Didn't they say something about The Shining? Oh, what well, says here's Johnny? Oh, oh yeah. There's probably another. There's a theory too that all the kids from it, they all grew up with the ability of The Shining. Because of what they've seen. Oh, yeah. Because there was that Doctor Sleep trailer. I don't know if you guys had that in your theater, but... Yeah. Oh, and then also, dude, the, the Harley Quinn trailer tripped me out right before the movie. Because <laughs> it was raising up and then Harley Quinn came out and I was like, wait, what the fuck? And it said DC. And I, I thought it was the beginning of the movie. And I was... I was... Yeah. That was a good was teaser. for a loop. Because New Line is owned by Warner Bros. So they're all connected. They're all under the same... Franchise or not franchise umbrella parent company, yeah, yeah, that was a good teaser. And the Doctor Sleep trailer was good too. I, I thought actually in the Doctor Sleep, Doctor Sleep trailer, they might have showed a little too much, yeah. Back on it, let's see some things I didn't, um, didn't really like was there was a point where the jump scares did feel repetitive, yeah, that's kind of what I was saying. How it was kind of linear and it just made it more predictable for me it was and i didn't really wasn't really mad that it was long dude it was so long oh my god dude i was like what the fuck i didn't notice it too much honestly yeah it's two hours and 45 50 minutes something like that i couldn't believe it's three hours at one point though it did feel like the movie was about to it could have wrapped up really soon and then they started doing a bunch of shit with their vision quest. The ritual of Chud part. Yeah. Yeah, when they're about doing their battle of the will, battle of wills or whatever. Wilts. Wills. 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 Yeah. <laughs> doing, the, doing their battle of the wills. But that, because that was at the two minute, two hour mark. And then it was another 45 minutes of all that shit. 
And then Pennywise kind of turns into the fucking video game boss we always talk about. He's all massive and he can't get down in a little cave where they're all hiding. I'm just like, dude, just... Yeah, he's been changing forms all fucking... Or just all movie. put your... Instead of banging on the top of the cave, put your arm down there. And at this point, you have to know they're on to you. They have figured out some sort of way to kill you that the deadlights are right there. They're right behind you. Yeah. You're clearly vulnerable. Yeah, let's see. What else? Just, yeah. So, I don't know. Pennywise, he just is kind of like we were talking about Stranger Things. Just, he should have killed them. Should have killed them sooner or something. Yeah. It's it's not as bad as Stranger Things for me, though. Just because you, you know that the character, there's a reason that he doesn't kill them right away. It's because he enjoys... He feeds you know, off playing it. with his yeah. He feeds off that. But he just straight up killed Eddie finally. Yeah, that's true. I think he was just pissed. And dude, oh, fuck, Eddie was such a dumbass. You know he's gonna die as soon as he turns to Richie and he's like, "I think I killed it." Yeah, for real. I know. I was like, <laughs> "Fuck." Why would you turn away from it? At that or when point? he keeps saying, shaking him, yeah, I killed him, I really killed him. And then he just gets murked, speared. Yeah. Yeah. The scene with Ben and Beverly reaching out with just the fire, or I'm sorry, with the blood and sand or dirt or whatever, that was a cool scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a lot of really cool transitions in this in this show. Oh, this yeah. Movie. I was thinking the same thing. With the stars in the beginning, and then it went to a jigsaw, like a puzzle. Went to the puzzle set or just Stanley. went all, Yeah. Yeah. And then there's all the bodies that are floating out of the sewer. And then it just switches to Henry screaming. That was a good... Yeah. That was good. And then the part where Beverly gets out and she looks up at her building and it pans up. I thought that was sick too. And then you realize, oh, fuck, this place has been abandoned forever. Yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the book, she's drinking literal shit water, like liquid shit. Oh, with the old grandma? Yeah. When she's serving her tea? It's a witch in the book. What the fuck? I think that's what it was supposed to be in this. It just <laughs> looked like some saggy titty bitch. Yeah. Saggy titty bitch. <laughs> Wait, so... Yeah. yeah. Transitions were sick. So that, so that old lady wasn't actually old lady. She was just... A, her dad wasn't real. I have no idea. Who knows if Pennywise has those bodies that he can just pretend to be because he's kind of taken them into his character or he made all that up. Yeah. To me, I took it as that was kind of him showing the origin of how he got the Pennywise idea. It almost seems like to me that anybody he eats or kills, he can kind of call their body yeah. back yeah, he, and use them how he will. Yeah. yeah. With Henry's friend. And then when Henry came out of the sewer, there was a bunch of bodies with him. And it seemed almost like Henry had died and he was resurrected by Pennywise. He did. I thought he died in the, in the movie version, didn't he? He could fall down yeah. a fucking... And the first one, he fell down a well. Yeah, he got pushed down a well yeah. after he got hit by something. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I think he was dead and got resurrected by Pennywise in this version. Yeah. And then they put all the blame on him anyway. <laughs> Fucking Henry. Yeah, I mean, the last thing, I, we've already said this, Pennywise got bullied to death. That yeah. was it. In the end, they were just the real bullies. <laughs> yeah, this whole movie about anti-bullying, and they just bullied this fool, little Pennywise to death. But yeah, good movie. I thought it was a good movie. I didn't think it was as great as the first one. The first one, honestly, one of the best horror movies I've ever watched. Yeah. And I think they kind of lost that Kerry Fukunaga just with him not writing this one too or helping with it. They lose that creepiness and some of the other shit that he did. Just more manipulative. And I do wish that they had showed more deaths of just other people. I know that would made the movie a little longer, but even just one more just random brutal killing or some other way he fucks with people because he could just turn into your 
mom and pretend to be your mom. Fuck with yeah. you. <laughs> well, he did do that, but to just a random person. Yeah, he was, just to kind of build the suspense a little more. Just build the world a little more of Derry to show, hey, this whole place is getting fucked with this thing. It's not just these characters who are dealing with this. Yeah. Because he had to control the whole city. I mean, he had control, yeah, over whatever he wanted to almost. Why didn't like, they bring back Kerry Fukunaga? He, well, he was supposed to direct the first movie too, and I, I, I don't know what the whole fallout was with it. But it, they used his script, and they edited it a little bit, they changed up some stuff. But this one was still good. I thought they did a pretty good job. I just good casting. Best parts with the characters besides just the humor was probably the flashbacks to when they were young again. Yeah. I thought the chemistry between the characters was really good too. Yeah. Just like when they were at the Chinese restaurant and then just any any time they were together really made you think like these guys are friends. They have back uh history, even though they don't even remember it. Yeah, yeah it seemed very natural. And shout out Ben. That that dude was never a pussy. Like fucking Eddie almost watched Richie die. Yeah. <laughs> he came in, no problem. After he had just somehow been able to take a knife out of his face and stab Henry through a fucking curtain. curtain. Bat- he couldn't yeah. just try to help him when someone they were already all dealing with it. He froze up. But Yeah, and then Ben stabs that thing in the head like fucking 20 times. <laughs> yeah. Dude, when he was stabbing it, I was like, you're gonna fucking hit. Bill in the hand. That's what I thought too, dude. I was like, damn. Collateral. Gotta make sure that bitch is dead though. Damn. But it wasn't. It wasn't <laughs> even dead. It just crawled off. Fuck. It laughed. Dude, dude, I know. I would have fucking grabbed that thing and walked it all the way down to Pennywise and shoved it up its ass. Fuck <laughs> that thing. I would have cut its legs off, bro. You would have no problem with Pennywise, bro. You just bullied him. Just call him a clown. That's all you had yeah. to do. True. I mean, I'm going to shove this 10 feet deep in your ass, Pennywise. Go fuck yourself. You're pathetic little bitch. The zombie shit, I like that too, because that happened in the book. I think it was a the different leper, character. Yeah. That was the kid in the book who would lock kids up in the freezer. He's a fuckhead. Killed his little brother too. So he was one of the guys in the book. Jesus. Books. Oh, Henry's driver. Yeah, I can't remember his fucking yeah. name, but... In the books, it's one of those characters you root to die because there's there's fucked up humans too that Pennywise kills. Yeah, and he was one of them that he he starts as like a he's he opens the freezer where he's hiding like dead animals. He's like waiting for this little puppy to die. It's fucked up, and a bunch of these leeches like shoot out and grab onto him and just suck him dry, and then it drags it drags him back to its lair, and then right as he wakes up, it starts eating him because it wants that fear of him knowing he's about to die. Damn. That's, that's fucked. So fucked up. And that's the dude who was the zombie or whatever driving him around. Damn, yeah, Daniel. Way more brutal than that was like book. Yeah. Yeah, the Brooks, the book is fucked. Recreate the sound. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, I'm what else? Anything else? Oh, what would you guys rate it out of 100? Out yeah. of 100? I'm going with 80. Oh, I was going to say like. 83 or 85. I liked it. It was good. Yeah, I gave it like a 76. So I'm going to say 76. First nice. one, I'd probably give like a 90 almost, honestly. The first one was really good. Yeah, Still I'd give good the film. first one the 88, probably. Still a good film. Yeah. Honestly, it though is just a really fucking extensive and horrible therapy program just for everyone to overcome their fears and shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's what the book is about. It's more just overcoming trauma yeah. and fear. Trauma, yeah. But it's all, you know, it's a horror book, of course. 
I had to reread shit while I was reading it because there's parts that do with the rituals and stuff. Some of those scenes are so confusing, like what's happening and just some other parts in that book. Pennywise, is, he, has, he has scenes in that. That's another thing too that would have been cool would just in the book, there are chapters from Pennywise's point of view. Oh, that's dope. Because there's one part where he starts doubting himself because he's like, am I really as strong as I think I am? Just because he got fucked with by those kids. Yeah. Damn, that's sick. I don't, damn, I don't remember half this shit. I need to reread the book. And he has just way wackier dialogue. Like there's, a, I thought they were going to use some of the parts, but they did really good with what they did with Beverly. But he has a whole other conversation that's just super fucked up in the yeah. book. They did a good job with that though. Bill, shout out Bill Skarsgård. They also asked him today if he would be down to reprise his role in another It movie. And he said, yep. He said, if they'd have the right approach, which he, if he said it was up to him and you were going forward with this, he would want to do like a prequel, go back in time and show more of how it all happened to where he's from. That would be more fun because he's dead. Yeah. At least it seems. Yeah, if you bring him back, dude, come on, man. Just in the greater... Stephen King universe, there's been two hints in other stories where one dro- someone drove through Derry and they thought they saw a clown in a sewer or something looking at him one time. And there was another sign in another book where someone wrote Pennywise lives on a random gravestone. So there's hints. And also in the book, he lays eggs, right? So let's say maybe an egg, but they didn't show any of that in this movie. So I'm considering it that there was, he's not a female. He didn't have any other beings. They would have yeah. shown that. Yeah. I was thinking maybe since Pennywise dies, it sends ripple effects through that universe where other beings would come to Earth, maybe. Other, like another... Of his species? Being. Yeah, yeah. The of dead lights? The dead yeah. lights. Yeah, they have another word for it. I can't remember what the other the fucking name yeah, of their I species either. It's a sick name, though. Okay, all right. What else, boys? We got any shout-outs? Oh, we got shout-outs. Maurice. We do have shout outs. Luke, you want to read them? Fuck yeah. Shout out Lil Bray Bray 34. Shout out Hey You. That's just whatever they put down as their thing. Shout out Sense for the Win 19. Just called it a great pod. Appreciate that. Zoo Ropa Bop. Damn, these names, man. This per- from Australia. Hell yeah. You daft cunt. <laughs> Salute. Thank you. Vince M. 1994. Appreciate it. And No Wrong Way. That's a good amount of shout outs this week. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks for the reviews. And one from Canada, too. That was the For the Win 19. Oh, yeah. Good looks, nice. Canada. Canada, you the shit. Follow us on Twitter at Not a Movie Pod, at Culture Crave. That's where we post the news. We've got some other pages, too. Just check the bios of those accounts. Leave us a review, iTunes, or wherever you can. Email us if you have any questions, too. Email us at notanothermoviepod at gmail.com. All right. Anything else, boys? That's it. Nah. How do you say the director's name? Shout out Ben Muschietti. Solid movie. Oh, wait. We got to sh- shout out Julian, too. Oh, and shout out Julian Gallegos, j5music.com. It's our producer. Check yeah, him out. That's our boy. Thanks, Julian. Julian, good luck with this two-hour-plus pod, my ma- my man. Yeah, fucking Christ. Sorry about this. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. <laughs> two hours, 35 minutes. <laughs> what? Thanks, Rob. I'm the only fucking Thank you.
Thank you.